2: And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper, talking golf with you for more than two decades.
3: And now, here's Brian and Bob. Well, thank you very much and happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, welcome into this best of edition of Real Golf Radio. We hope that you had a great Thanksgiving and uh, that you are safe and well and well fed, as uh, Thanksgiving tends to do. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, hopefully check us out on iHeartRadio, GNN, as well as Sports Byline. You can also find us where your favorite podcasts are found on our flagship station, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah. And it is unbelievable. Here we are, just five shows left in year 24 of Real Golf Radio. Bob, it's going to be a fun one next year, 25th. Year Talking Golf with you here on Real Golf Radio. We're excited about that, and we appreciate yeah. you joining us every week. And you know what? This is an opportunity. We're all expressing gratitude and thanksgiving this week, and yeah. certainly we are thankful for all of you for tuning in and listening to the show. We're thankful to our sponsors who have helped us along the way as well, and uh, appreciate you uh, for supporting them as well as supporting us. Bob, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, bud. Did you uh, get plenty to eat?
4: Oh, yeah. Got plenty to eat and got, you know, all kinds of great stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is it is officially the Christmas season now. Mm,
3: it is, uh, that is on. So, oh, wait a minute. Are, we kind of <laughs> covered this with, with the caddy last week, but are you traditional? You, you go turkey?
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. We had turkey. We had ham. We turkey had, and ham. Yes. We nice. had turkey and ham. Okay. Um, we had stuffing, green bean casserole and mashed potatoes, Sweet potatoes? and yams there and you
3: go. yeah, yeah, we had it all. All right. It was good. The sweetheart turkey roast on the smoker is still undefeated for another year. Just wanted to
4: sweetheart turkey roast is really good. Yes,
3: as we mentioned, it is the holiday weekend, and of course, we are out enjoying time with the fam. Hopefully, you are as well. Thanks for taking us alongside. We got some of our favorite interviews and conversations that we've had over the last few weeks, and we're putting that into a best of Thanksgiving weekend tradition coming up next. Erickson Balsita, he is the new tournament director and in charge of all the tournament tour events for Black Desert Resort behind the scenes and what he's doing to prepare for that. Jeff Babineau will be joining us. Troy Merritt, Rex Hoggard, Thomas Pagel from the USGA, and Ryan Balangie from Golf News Net is all on tap. So be sure to keep it tuned here for the next couple hours as we talk golf with you right here on Real Golf Radio.
5: Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers, Triple A star Drew Evans. the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up,
6: This year, Staples will not be celebrating the holidays. Instead, we're celebrating the Holiday deals with amazing savings for the holiday season. Save 60% on custom holiday cards, save 60% on custom invitations, and save 60% on custom photo gifts like mugs and calendars. During Staples' Holiday deals it's not about the ho-ho-ho, it's about saving do-do-do. Save 60% on custom cards, invitations, and photo gifts today at Staples. And 12-2, visit staples.com slash print for more details.
7: Ancestry makes the perfect gift
8: to give people because it literally blew my mind.
9: It's literally like you're giving them something that they would have no knowledge of.
8: Which is very important because for us to basically be able to find our missing family or to see my indigenous heritage confirmed inside there. It's It's, one gift, but it's so so many many different different things.
10: things. Show someone where they came from this holiday season with Ancestry DNA. Now on sale at Ancestry.com.
11: This Thanksgiving at Total Wine & More, find bourbons and cabernets that you adore. Our helpful guides are so friendly and nice. So many bottles to try at the lowest price. So gather with friends as you sit down to eat. Grateful for all who made Thanksgiving complete.
10: With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always
11: find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Drink
8: responsibly, B-21.
1: For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys.
12: U.S. price and participation may vary. Includes choice of T.V.C. or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher.
2: And now the best rewind. <laughs> Cue it up. Of Real Golf Radio With Brian Taylor and Bob Casper On the Real Golf
3: Radio Network Standing here just behind the soon-to-be Resort Center Hotel At Black Desert Resort With the Director of Tournament Operations For Black Desert Events Formerly of the PGA Tour Erickson Balsita is joining us right here Erickson, it's great to be with you Great to have you as part of uh, the team at Black Desert I'm excited to be here First of all, did I say your name correctly? You did. I yep. did it. I nailed it. All right, very good. Hey, we just took a ride around here. This is the newest event on the PGA Tour, and a lot of people have questions about you know, logistics being that it's obviously picturesque, but there's lava everywhere, which makes the playing experience unbelievable. How about from a logistics standpoint of hosting a PGA Tour event, and this is what you've done for the last 20 years with the PGA Tour, so your experience is, is tremendous and deep. How unique is this event?
13: Very unique, very unique. There's definitely opportunities out there, um, but I don't think anything that we can't overcome. It'll be fun.
3: So, what was your first thought when you saw this? I, I'll be honest. I, when the guys told me they were bringing a PGA Tour event here in October 2024, I said they were crazy. It wouldn't happen. It happened. How unique is it to have a course this young, a resort this new? actually have a pga tour event
13: yeah very unique and and it's it speaks to the property and and how it looks and how it plays uh, and it's it's the talk of the tour right now uh, they literally everybody's talking about it in ponte Vedra.
3: that's so cool so tell me some of the aspects when you think of black desert or when you're describing this to your peers or to potential players that might be coming to play here how, how would you describe black desert from a from a playability or a player experience uh, just uh, it, you know the aesthetics the 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 scenery the backdrops
13: um it it the experience is just gonna be unbelievable right very unique like you said um and and we're 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 gonna i i can't wait to show show off the the course and and what the resort can do so yeah it, it's I don't know. It's it's just exciting. It really is. We've we've got a lot of ideas. We're talking through a lot of different things. Things are changing, ever changing, but I think for the good and. You know, I just can't wait to showcase it.
3: You know, it's been 60 years since the PGA Tour came to Utah. And those of us who have been here, I've been here for 25 plus years in the state. We always know we have great golf, but we wonder, is this a tour? Like, can we actually produce a golf course that will challenge the best players in the world? How how do you think the players will find what they're presented here at Black Desert? I think it'll pose some challenges.
13: it's um, It's not too easy. Um, but I, I think it, it'll it'll pose some challenges. It, it'll challenge a lot of the players, and, and, and especially, you know, this black stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it, it's you never know which way it's going to go. So, so you've got to be on your game. Um, so it, it's, it's not going to be a cakewalk, that's for sure.
3: I know Golf Channel is going to be covering this, and I can't wait. They'll definitely put a package together for some of the crazy lava bounces. We like to say when we bring people out here, the lava giveth and the lava taketh, right? Uh, I watched a guy on 13 snap hook his drive across the lake, hit the lava back into the fairway. He knocked it up by the green, got it up and down for par. So I, there are opportunities where the lava can help out on a bad shot. I doubt a PGA Tour player will hit a shot like that. Nevertheless, they'll hit something where that'll go awry and probably get a kick or two out of the lava, which I think will be entertaining.
13: I think it will, too. And, and you know, we'll have to be on our, our game, too, <laughs> with, with all the volunteers and the marshals, the extra marshals that we'll need to, to keep an eye on that.
3: Do you anticipate or is it known yet how, the, as a resort, we'll play that, obviously, as a lateral hazard, that'll keep play moving and that sort of thing? Has any decisions been made on whether that'll be the case for the tour or whether they'll play it as a through the green scenario? Not yet. We've
13: we've asked the question um, with with our competitions group, and they've not yet made a decision. Cool.
3: So in your experience, 20 years on the PGA Tour, and we've just been talking, you basically wrote the book on the standards for hosting a PGA Tour event. So maybe just for the behind the scenes, we're here we are a little less than a year away. What all needs to take place? What, regardless of whether it's Black Desert and the uniqueness that it presents, but a general tournament, what goes on that that, that we don't see because most of the time as fans, we click it on and it's on TV and it's ready to rock.
13: Yeah, the the big things right now are volunteers and, and, When are we going to start uh, registering the volunteers? It's all about the process, and that's what we've had to do. To, uh uh, related to the, the, our our team, our local team here, is is that you got to trust the process. We we need to build the committees first. We need to figure out what we're going to need, and then the numbers that we think we're going to need, and and then and then we'll we'll start asking for the volunteers. But I, I think that that we'll we'll be able to fill those from uh, what I've seen and heard around the community. Everybody's excited about it. So, um, th- and that's just one of, it, several hundred. <laughs> other elements that 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 you know we we we've started to to uh check off our list so
3: it's a lot, for Eight. sure. And, and erickson has been telling me, you know, even the placement of, of porta johns, for instance. Not only does it need to be there for players, John Rom if you're listening, but it also needs to be not visible on television. Those are things that you look at and have looked at on the PGA Tour for years. Is ensuring that the visually it comes off how you want it to.
13: That's right. The presentation, I think, is is a is a big. Uh, uh, component of what I, I look at with with a lot of the tournaments that, that I'd work with so I, I want to make sure it's a clean presentation that, that you don't have things that are that are in in in-player and camera view that don't need to be, and but you do need to have those out there, unfortunately. You know, you got to think, to your point, um, not just for the players, but you've got volunteers out there that are standing out there all, <laughs> all day yeah. long that they're going to need a place to go. So that, that's that's part of the challenge, right? Where, where are we going to put these things and how are we going to put them out there so that, you know, it, it, it's, it's not... Evident that there's a, a portage on or a restroom trailer uh, out in the middle of the golf course. So, um, a lot of opportunities, yeah. but it, it'll it'll be. We'll be fine.
3: Yeah. And then it's like, obviously, power. Um, you need to get, uh, you know, and then there's some construction that will be taking place. And that is a bit unique here, too, because you're not only building stuff out. It's one thing to build it out in the woods on sand or grass or clay or something like that. You've got to deal with uh, full-on lava
13: rocks here. We do. And, and we had to do some soil samples as well. Do we build footers? Do we build something permanent so that, you know, in future years that it's it's an easy you take the cow off and, and it's it's an easier build and not having to recreate everything year in year out um i think after we get through the first year we'll we'll be able to start really looking at that and and it'll make it a little bit easier i'll be honest though the the plans for the structures out here there's a lot more structures than than mm-hmm. um than what what i think you you might see at, at some of the the fall uh, PJ or fedex cup fall events um as, the, as they're calling it now but um yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's going to be neat to see see how how we we do it, and not just for this, but but ultimately in, in the spring for the LPGA events as well.
3: Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Erickson Balsita is our tournament director and operations director for all tournaments at Black Desert events, which will of course include the LPGA beginning in May of 2025, PGA Tour event beginning in October of next year, 2024. Um, when you put an event together it's important obviously to have players right i mean name recognition is big everybody wants the best players in the world fall events don't necessarily lend that to the to, that's a lot of times when they're finishing up with not only the fedex cup uh, playoffs but also the the president's cup next year and things like that what is what do you go through what's the what's the challenges what efforts do you put forth to try to get some of those name players to come to our event
13: yeah we'll we'll be doing some recruitment trips uh during the year uh we've we've kind of started that process already um we went out to the the shriner's children's open uh in las vegas a couple weeks back so had some good conversations with with some folks so um we'll just continue to do that and i think you know we if we can get a few of them here during the year I've, i've said it the pictures videos don't do this justice if when you're out here and you see this this beautiful track I think they'll they'll start talking more, and and once the word gets out, um, th- this is going to be when they can't miss events, I think
3: that happens. All of a uh, sudden, the, the locker room starts getting a little buzz, and right.
13: and then it steamrolls, huh? That's right. Yeah, yeah. When you get that, you know, why didn't you go? <laughs> you, you need to go next year. And, and then then it, it becomes becomes uh, a staple in in that players' schedule, the players and caddies' schedule. So
3: that's awesome so this is a new thing for you 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 again been at pga tour headquarters for 20 years right and so now you'll be running the events uh maybe just from a personal standpoint how how does it feel to i guess change roles and and what excites you about this experience
13: you know for the past 20 years I've, i've had to deal with uh multiple multiple events 20 you know 30 um and, and so I've I've had the opportunity to to look at uh, many different events, but from that thirty thousand foot view. Um, I, what's exciting to me is to be able to to narrow that focus and to get more granular in in the the day to day running of a of an event and I, I'm excited to see what what we can show um, showcase with with the resort and with the course
3: well they' obviously a huge asset with your experience and knowledge to be able to come in here and and take this over so we're excited about that and uh, I imagine you'll be also starting to prep you know real soon for the LPG event even though it'll be what about six or six seven months behind yeah and I you know I don't know uh
13: to what extent the 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 build will look like but we're, we're going to try to keep as much infrastructure in place as possible definitely as much of the the, the processes um um in, in place um you know as it relates to staffing or volunteers and and what have you so uh it, it's I think it'll it'll help um us and and it'll help i think with with the relationships that we build in and around the community and and also with the the vendors that that are out here week in week out on on tour um uh, it'll help us to to solidify some pretty good relationships i think
12: yeah
3: in fact that was a point i was going to bring up earlier is you you know these people they know the process they know how it's done so in that sense it's not exactly a full rookie team like this will be a very familiar for those that are actually operating this it's a very familiar scenario.
13: That's right. Yeah, we're 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 going to bring in the the, the folks and the, the vendors and partners that that do this week in week out across the the PGA Tour. So, from concessionaires to the tent vendors to the the, the power and, and generators uh, vendors. Um, so yeah, it, it's it, it'll definitely be folks that that know what they're doing.
3: No, yeah, that's awesome. Well, can't get here soon enough. I know for for the fans, but uh, still a lot to do. And, and now you know you you're taking every day you can. Out here for the Black Desert Championship coming up on the PGA Tour uh, FedEx Cup Fall Series next October 2024. Uh, Erickson, thanks so much for your time and thanks for kind of sh- sharing a little bit about the behind the scenes and some of the challenges and opportunities that are here. I, I think overall, just to kind of put a bow on it. Not only will the players have a, a tremendous golf course in Tom Weisskopf, 73rd and final uh, design, but the the, the viewing, the, the public, the galleries, they're in for a real treat to come out and watch PGA Tour golf on this kind of a canvas, huh?
13: They really are, yeah. And, and especially when that uh, resort center gets done, too. I, it's, yeah, the amenities and everything that we're going to be able to provide with, with retail, the golf center, the family center, it... Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be special, for yeah. sure.
3: I love it. Thanks again for your time. BlackDesertChampionship.com. There's a volunteer section on there as well. Love to have you come out here. I think it'd be a cool thing to be a part of. You could be, you know, helping out with, uh, with marshalling. You could be helping out on the range. You could be helping out with, you know, uh, shuttles and things like that, parking. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to be involved uh, with an event, and it's exciting. I know everyone's going to be behind it. First time in 60 years having the PGA Tour here in Utah and this brand-new awesome resort, a Black Desert resort. Check it out, blackdesertresort.com and blackdesertchampionship.com. Thanks again, Erickson. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me.
2: It's the best of Real Golf Radio.
12: I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message.
1: That's 800-817-2968.
14: If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number. They'll treat you like a friend.
1: That's 800-278-1738.
2: You're listening to the best of Real Golf Radio
3: with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper
2: on the Real Golf Radio Network.
3: It's real golf radio brian taylor bob casper and our good friend jeff babino babs how are you man i'm doing good how are you guys doing it's good it's getting cold out here it just literally went from pushing 80 degrees it feels like about a week ago to we've got snow flurries in the air uh it oh is uh it's frosty that and that you know and then we got time change coming up so our our golf hours are a little bit limited which is always a bit sad
15: it's sad, but uh, you know I Tell you what, growing up in the Northeast, up around Boston, I look back at it. And yeah, now living in Florida, where we have sunshine around the clock, I loved it because I I, I missed golf. Mm. You know, you know how excited you were to go out and play that first round in March when it was forty-two degrees and <laughs> the ponds are frozen, and uh, you missed it. So I, I always loved that. I think that's why. A lot of guys I know from that part of the country love golf so much.
4: You know, the interesting thing here in Utah is that it can it can snow a little bit in the morning, and if it melts off, you know what? There's guys out on the golf courses. Utahns love their golf, yeah. and as long as there's not any snow, it doesn't matter if it's 40 degrees right. or 30 degrees. Oh, they're going to be out playing
3: layer up and get after it. I love it. And we got the, you know, they they've come a long ways in the cart covers and the little uh, cart heaters that you can little propane heaters you yeah. can crank in there. So oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know what the frozen pond? That is a that's a good memory because anyone that's played golf were in in the winter time has hit a shot that's bounced off of the pond and up yeah. onto a green like a greenside,
4: you know, water hazard or something like that. Oh, Correct. sorry, penalty area. Um yeah. <laughs> you know You can that, do a true skip Like like Augusta (laughs) skip on sixteen, you can do a true skip off that frozen pond.
3: Yeah, but you don't even have to hit a iron. Anything will bounce off. No, you don't. It It makes a great sound too. You gotta love the sound as it's going across that pipe. It's a great sound. It's a little ricochet kind of sound that's really cool. Yeah. I like that. So we're doing a little gripes and grins segment coming up next. Uh I I, w- I was gonna gripe about the cold weather and I'm you, you've you've turned it into a grin, the, the, the frozen right. golf memories. I love that. I love that. That's right. All right. Jeff I'll bring in the sunshine from the Sunshine yes, State. Sir. I like that. We so, try. Uh, <laughs> Hey, uh, Augusta National in the news this week. Not only Asia-Pac being played with an invitation to next year's Masters, but a a new member, uh, Annika Sorensen, announced as a new member of Augusta National. And as Bob pointed out, she was the honorary starter for the ANWA and a great, I I mean, really cool announcement, huh?
15: Well, no one has ever announced as a new member at Augusta National, so it's what we hear anyway. She's a member, and and that'll be neat to see Annika in a green jacket in April on the grounds. Um, I'm guessing on the playing side, her, her husband, Mike McGee is a big fan of the new arrangement that she's a member there. So, um, yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, you know, there's certain folks there that, um, you know, they're, they're just expanding their membership. out. you know, you see Peyton Manning in a green jacket. And I see Roger Goodell up there. Masters, League, Tim Fincham, I believe. Um, so it's, uh, you know, expanding membership. There's hope for us.
3: <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> <laughs>
4: there is in the media center. <laughs>
3: we, have, we have one hope, Jeff. It's a lottery ticket that might come around once a decade. Yeah. So.
15: Well, yeah, seeing Bill Gates never get in, that might not even do it for
3: us. <laughs> oh, that's good. Hey, what did you make of Lucas Glover's comments about the U.S. team and you know the fact that um, that he has got some just not stuff he's heard, but some inside knowledge about the team being fractured and not being able to play up to their content, their their potential.
8: Yeah,
15: interesting. I mean, because you heard different stuff coming out of the Ryder Cup, and, and to hear it from Lucas, who heard it directly from someone in the room, I mean, l- lends some credibility to it. But, but, I mean, I think fractured would have to be strong for, just from an outside viewers standpoint, I mean, I'm thinking of, you know, Patrick Cantlay's run on late Saturday afternoon when players could be uh, not around and resting up and they're all around that green watching him finish up. I mean, I don't, I don't buy into the fact in any way that this team is fractured or real, real dismay. Um, I think these guys get along pretty well. I mean, they got beat I and mean, they got beat by a better team and a more prepared team. And you know, there should be a warning sign on the first tee at first Bethpage Black in uh, two years that, hey, one of these teams is going to lose because that's the reality of it. And, you know, we put the full Quincy on it and, and bring it into the lab and try to dissect it and figure it out. But, you know, bottom line, you, you know, U.S. probably wasn't as prepared as it should have been and got outplayed in foursomes and got in an early hole and it becomes an
16: avalanche at that point.
4: Yeah, it's a little bit easier especially when you play on your home soil. Uh you don't have to worry about the logistics about uh jet lag and and getting there Monday afternoon and having to get yourself um settled in before you play on Friday. Those types of things. So um and then I loved your statement, you know, the warning sign uh at Beth Bethpage Black. Um but you know, it's it's pretty interesting that um when it was over there in Italy that the Europeans were playing, uh, a couple of weeks before, uh, were on site earlier and, uh, and the U S squad really only, you know, a handful of guys played some golf, you know, in the five weeks leading up to the Ryder cup.
15: Yeah. I mean, they, they did get nine guys for the venue, which was good, um, to see it, but, I think yeah, to you to your point, I think the biggest factor was competitive rust. I mean if these guys were getting ready for a big tournament here in the States, none of them would take a full month off heading into it. So that that's probably something that should have been picked up. I mean if they talk about leaving no stones unturned, um that was a stone that, that wasn't turned because It's hard. You can't ease your way into the Ryder Cup. I mean, I I thought it was brilliant, all the little things that Europe did. But one of the things they did in the practice rounds is they played three whole matches. You think about it when you play match play, and we don't play much of it, but when we play, you kind of ease your way in, and it's like a long boxing match, you feel, right? And you kind of get in there jabbing. Well, these guys were in there firing away right out of the gate, and they got off the fast starts. And uh, you think of how many times they won that first hole. It was amazing. And uh, they were ready to go. And, and part of it was preparation. I mean, they were they were ready to sprint from the get-go. And the U.S. wasn't ready on, on the Friday morning, unfortunately. And you can't dig yourself a 4-0 hole uh, not on the road and try to come back from it.
3: Jeff Babineau is joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Hey, back to the Masters a little bit. And this uh, Liv played their team championship last week, and Bryson and his crew uh, were uh, victorious in that. And Bryson took the platform and the opportunity to say, look – uh If the world rankings is not going to accommodate us, then the major championships need to adjust their criteria and maybe allow the top twelve from live to be able to compete in their major championships and Augusta National basically said we're not we've already made our changes we'll always consider changes at our own you know prerogative, but you know nothing is changing going forward for next year's masters." What's your thoughts on that whole conversation? And, and should, should Liv be accommodated in some way or another?
15: I mean, I, I find it interesting that Liv wants everybody to accommodate to what they're doing instead of them showing any, you know, meet, meet us in the middle type thing. Um, the 48-man the, the, the fields uh, is too short. It's, you're playing against the same guys all the time as far as the world ranking goes. Mm-hmm. And, and the team aspect is a factor. I mean, uh, you know, Sebastian Munoz said as much in Orlando when they played and he kind of lagged up a putt on the last hole because he was thinking of his team. Uh, there's, there's different things going on here. I mean, there's certainly talent on that tour, but it's hard to measure how good that talent is. I mean, I, how good a season did Taylor Duchess just add? I mean, Ask his accountant, and he just made thirty-five million dollars. it's a pretty good year, um, but he's not in the majors next year. So yeah, you know, there's a mix. You want the ma- you don't want it to go affect the majors, and that you want the best players there. But I think it's it's also part of that to live to find out how to get their best players there. Mm. Asking to put twenty-five percent of your field in there just because who you are, uh, that doesn't really work. So you know, the twelve man, you know automatic live exemption. That's not going to come to be anytime soon. So they just got to keep working toward finding some kind of solution.
4: You know, and the interesting thing is two of those, uh, major championships, the open and the U S open, those are qualifying events. So guys can try to qualify to get into those. Um, and then, you know, you've got, you've got Bryson and you've got Dustin Johnson and you've got Cam Smith and you got Brooks and you've got, some of the marquee players uh, fill off of their um, golf league that are exempt to playing the masters already. So um, it's, it's kind of interesting that they try to go out and push the envelope or want to push the envelope to get more.
15: Yeah. And it really is. I mean, I I can see it, but there's not a single guy who signed on that tour. You know, when when Sergio Garcia signed with live or he's an exception, I guess, because he's in the masters as a champion, but, yeah. When Mark Leishman went and signed, he knew he was putting his future at the majors in peril. That's the reality. There's not a single player who didn't realize that. Um, so you know, Taylor Gooch went to play for some great money, and he made he's making great money. He's making life changing money. Uh, but what that does for him, as far as playing for history, it puts that in jeopardy. So that's a trade off. Right, these guys made a trade when they signed with that tour, and and you know sometimes you just have to live with what
3: comes to be. Good choice of words there, too. Uh, Jeff Babino joining us here on Real Golf Radio. See what you did there. Live with it. Let's just see what he said. Yeah, live with, live. That's right. Uh huh. Yeah. Live and let live and let live. Yeah. There, uh, there you go. Hey, <laughs> uh, the Grant Thornton announced their final field that's going to be played there at Tiburon. And I know you've covered your fair share of LPGA events. Pretty cool to see. you got 11 major champions, including all five from the LPGA this season, that are competing. It's a $4 million purse. So Bob and I were just doing some math on, you know, if you go 18% for the winning team, they 720 split it up 360. That's pretty good considering, um, you know, Rose Zhang in her first event, winning the LPGA Tour, she won 412000 I thought this was interesting. Allison Corpuz won two million for winning the U.S. Open at Pebble. The very next week, she finished runner-up at the Dana Open and cashed a whopping one hundred sixty thousand dollars for finishing yeah. second. That's quite a that's quite a letdown after a two million dollar winner's check. But uh, uh, three hundred sixty thousand is pretty good for what the ladies are playing for. But as I look at this, I'm like, man, that's I I don't know what, what's your take on where the women's purse the purse is at right now and in in the game and is it does it need to be bumped up Is this something that needs to to be raised?
15: Well, I mean, I cover the KPNG PGA Championship every year and and they've done a great job. I think the majors have done a nice job yeah. of of raising the purses and and just making the players you know bringing it to great venues. The U.S. Open playing at Pep, you know Women's Open at Pebble Beach. Uh, where the KPMG has gone to some great, you know, congressional and Hazeltine and great venues. Um, that that certainly raises the you know exposure to these events and the importance to these events. And I think the players really feel that when they're when they're playing in it. So that'll be a real good aspect of the Grant Thornton uh, that these players, it, you know, it, it it is a money thing, but I think more so it's a prestige thing and it's a uh, Bill, you know, I, I look at Nellie Corder last year playing in the Father Son, and th- it's not like a great purse Father Son, but the fact she was in the same field as Tiger and and Jordan Spieth, it, it meant a lot. You know, it just she was excited to be there, and there was a lot of excitement around that event across women's golf. So, you know, anything that's raising the level of excitement and exposure, and and you know that that was the the tournament where Steve commented on, on how good Nellie's swing was, and her comment back was uh, he needs to watch more golf. A lot of girls will swing it the way she does, a lot of the, the ladies. So, um, you know, it was, it was interesting, but it's um, it just puts women's golf in a better light, a bigger light, and that's important for the sport.
2: It's the best of real golf radio.
17: everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway, the kings of distance.
3: In a world of too good to be true, every once in a while you experience something that lives up to the hype. That's been my experience at Black Desert Resort. The Tom Weiskopf Championship designed golf course is next level. With the PGA and LPGA tours scheduled to play Black Desert, demand is at an all-time high. Don't miss out on the exclusive opportunity to own real estate at Black Desert. Sign up for details at blackdesertresort.com and learn how you can enjoy year-round family fun in beautiful St. George, Utah. That's blackdesertresort.com this is not about
17: splitting hairs it's more precise than that it's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every chrome soft is manufactured precisely which we confirm with proprietary 3d x-ray precision technology is not an industry standard but it is ours you can hope your ball performs consistently or you can know it will with precision technology ChromeSoft, better for the best, better for everyone.
5: There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded the Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom.
10: Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor.
5: Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. Your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever.
17: It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade but it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Sometimes, less is more, like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more, like taking the most aggressive groove and golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology, like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw, from Callaway.
2: You're listening to the best of Real Golf
3: Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper
2: on the Real Golf Radio Network.
3: Excited to welcome in our good friend, who's a two-time winner on the PGA Tour, Troy Merritt joining us right now. Troy, how's it going, man? Hey guys, doing all right. How are y'all? Yeah, yeah, good. Good to uh hey, it's great to see a couple of top 10 finishes the last 3 weeks. Um congratulations. Well done. What's what's kind of been the difference?
16: Yeah, thanks. Um, I think for the most part, uh, my my fairway percentage is high, my green percentage is high, rolling in putts, but most importantly, I'm making the short putts between, you know, three and, and eight feet. I uh, didn't do that as much in Vegas, and as a result, finished 64th, but uh, yeah, the two top tens, I made a lot of short putts and gave myself a lot of good chances, and really didn't give much away and I mean that's just kind of the key out on tour if you can't give uh, can't give
4: strokes away when we spoke with you last time you were headed down to San Diego to look at some putters what did you end up going with
16: yeah I found that uh, the that Odyssey 380 jailbird that uh, Ricky uh, uh, uses Wyndham Clark uses it was hot there during the summertime so Got my hands on that. Uh, kind of tinkered around with some grips. I go with the the claw grip from inside eight feet for sure, and then on, on certain putts outside of that, and then just kind of a normal grip um, from from long range. But uh, it's a fantastic putter, and it's uh, really helped uh, renew my confidence on the greens, which is nice.
3: That is nice. Troy Merritt joining us here. So, how do you understand this new FedEx Cup fall? Because you know these top tens. I'm watching your your position uh, on the FedEx Cup list, and and it's improved with those top tens and such. So I mean that's a big deal. These it feels like anyway, and that's why I wanted to get get your input. But it feels like maybe this FedEx Cup fall has a little more meaning than what it potentially had in the past. Uh.
16: Yeah, especially for the newer guys on tour. It's pretty much the same as when I first came out on tour. You know, we finished the playoffs, uh, I think, in September back then. then we had four or five fall events that weren't worth any points because we were on, you know, everything was based off the money list back then. And you played those four or five events to try to keep your card. Um, So now, you know, we're playing six, seven fall events with the points uh, to just basically try and keep our cards. And they added, which I don't think any of us really knew about, the uh, the next 10 to get in between 51 and 60 to you into the first elevated events at Pebble and, and Riviera uh, at the beginning of the calendar year. So, uh, it's yeah, it, it, there's a little bit of a difference, but uh, it, it pretty much is just uh, they went back to the way we did it you know, back when I was first on tour. Now we're going to start next season in January, so... I can get a few more points, lock up that card, and just have full status for next year, minus the elevated events, so I'll take that.
4: So what's your, um, what's your schedule between now and the end of these um, fall events, and are you going to be playing the rest of them? What's the deal? Yeah, no, I'll play the last three. Uh, Japan, I
16: wasn't anywhere near getting into the field based on my play this year. But uh, there's a week off next week, and we just have three events in a row down in uh, Cabo, Bermuda, and then the RSM in Sea Island, Georgia, will be the finale for the guys that want to keep their full status.
3: Troy Merritt joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So it was a – we've talked to you a few times over the year, but it was a tough stretch, especially the first half of the year. Uh, you, you talked openly on social media about the yips and different things like that. You've also battled a little bit of health stuff as well considering all of that where would you rank this year and you've been out what on tour 10 11 12 years where would you rank this year in the in the battle or the process of of being a professional tour player
16: yeah this uh yeah just closing out a year 12 on the tour I would say this has been my definitely not my worst year my second year on tour 11 was my my worst year and I think twenty uh, seventeen. I had a pretty poor year as well. Finished one fifty one, and I think one twenty one and one twenty five are rather two poor finishes. But I've been so solid the last uh, you know four years, finishing in the the seventies and, and even into the eighties. That uh, you know kind of came out as a shock this year to have to deal with yeah the the, the yips and, and the shoulder and, and and other things off the golf course that you know are are unforeseen and. It's just been a really, really battle, grind it out kind of year. And, and I'm glad that uh, we got positive momentum going at uh, Fortinet in Napa and, and continued it down at Jackson. And then, uh, yeah, hope we just finish it off now, uh, the last three events, and move into 2024 with uh, renewed confidence and focus and get back to playing good, quality, consistent golf and, and, uh, and competing at the highest level.
4: So 125 is the number to keep your card and you know there's different uh different numbers all the way down from from number 1 all you know the top 50 that kind of thing what being 125 or being in that upper section out of the top 50 what events um how many times do you think you'll get to play this coming year um that kind of thing
16: yeah, so the top 125 will be you know full status uh, without the the elevated events or the super events or whatever they're calling them next year. So you don't get those. And you know, there's probably eight or ten of those. But I went through the, the schedule, and from the Sony Open all the way till um, the FedEx Cup playoffs. If you're top 125, but not in the elevated events, you have the opportunity to play in 23 golf tournaments and in the playoffs and then the fall. So you're still full schedule. You're still full status. If you play well, you know, you can move up and, and, and try to get into the elevated events. Um, I think uh, if not, it's not a big deal. If you still have full status, you're playing on the PGA Tour. You're playing 25-plus tournaments for the year. Nothing to be worried about. And, uh, you know, as you watch the guys play in those big purses, it just motivates you to, to play well when you can and, and try to get in them uh, into them the following year.
3: Do you find yourself at this stage um, more business-like, or do you still get? Does it still get those juices flowing and the competitive nature to to want to you know improve or get in that you know in, in the better position, or or does it just become like this is my job, this is what I need to do to keep it, and you know I'm I'm not going to get too up or too down on this.
16: Yeah, you know, the, the nice thing is I've I've been in various positions throughout my career. And the one thing that I've learned is no matter if you're playing really well or really poorly, you still have to play it one shot at a time. And that can be extremely difficult when you're not playing well, but it can also be extremely difficult when you are playing well because you're kind of looking forward, uh, you know, looking ahead. You know, I'm going to win this, I'm going to win this, and then you'll focus on the present and you blow it. So I just take that mentality into each week, you know. One shot at a time, just focus on the one before you. You can't do anything about, you know, Saturday or Sunday when it, when you're on, you know, Thursday. And, uh, you know, just if you're having a bad run of tournaments, obviously like I did this year, you know it's going to turn around. Just keep uh, moving forward one foot in front of the other. Uh, you know, if you need to find something like I did, uh, you know, go out, have a look. Um, but the, the the worst thing that you can do is, is start to overthink and overanalyze whether you're playing well or you're playing poorly. You, know, you just gotta you know, take things as they come and uh, and do the best you can and, and you know that's what I tried to focus on. This year, when things are going poorly, and you know it's gotten us through some pretty dark times, and you know I'm sure that you know something will come up in the future, and you have to revert back to those thoughts.
2: It's the best of Real Golf Radio.
1: that's eight hundred seven 1495
2: You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking Golf with
3: Brian Taylor and Bob Gasper.
17: One day you'll
3: get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed hour number one of Real Golf Radio. Stay tuned for the back nine, hour number two. Coming up, it's brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort in St. George, Utah. It's a great time to check out blackdesertresort.com. Find out about how you can play the new Tom Weiskopf championship design course, plus all the plans that are ahead for the resort. They're under construction, and there's real estate opportunities available right now at blackdesertresort.com. Also, I want to remind you the Callaway Golf Holiday Gift Guide is available for this weekend. You want to jump out, take advantage of some opportunities. CallawayGolf.com/slash gift guide coming up on the back nine as i mentioned we got uh, some good stuff for you Uh, rex hoggard thomas pagel from the usga and ryan ballingy join us for our continued golf discussion here on a thanksgiving weekend tradition it's the best of real golf radio thanks to dave Glauser, our producer appreciate him taking time out of his holiday to put this all together and uh, we got so much more to talk about it's coming up straight ahead follow us on iHeartRadio talk and stay in touch
18: 24 7 a special news and update station, you control. That's
16: iheartradio.com/talk. <laughs>
9: News. I'm Laura Winters. The four-day truce between Hamas and Israel appears to be holding for a second day, and more hostages are expected to be released this Saturday. 24 hostages released Friday, 13 Israelis, 10 Thai, and one Filipino hostage let go. Israel believes Hamas still holding roughly 215 hostages right now in Gaza. President Biden in Nantucket, Massachusetts for the Thanksgiving holiday weekend commenting on the Latest developments.
4: It's only a start, but so far it's gone well. Earlier this morning, 13 Israeli hostages were released, including an elderly woman, a grandmother, and mothers with their young children, some under the age of six years old.
9: He's also asked by reporters why no Americans were in the first group of hostages let go. I don't
4: trust Hamas to do anything right. I only trust Hamas to respond to pressure. <laughs>
9: Now, later in the day, the president and first lady attending a tree lighting ceremony. Pro-Palestinian protesters there chanting, Free Palestine. You can hear them over the Christmas music that was being played on the square. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine! Now, this protest, similar to the one at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, Here's USA's Skip Kelly.
2: Several pro-Palestinian protesters are in custody after trying to disrupt the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. The New York Daily News reports that some of the protesters wore white jumpsuits with the words ethnic cleansing, colonialism, and militarism printed on them. They jumped the barricades, and it also appears they had glued their hands to the pavement. The marching bands and floats had to make their way around them as police moved in to make arrests.
9: And that's USA's Skip Kelly reporting, and I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Greece is cheap. But
19: the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer, and again, airfare. What about
11: Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this?
1: travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141.
9: USA News for your health now. There's been a spike in respiratory illnesses in China, which has caught the attention of the WHO, the World Health Organization, the situation being investigated. To politics now, here in the United States, there is a push online for a third-party ticket. USA's John Schaefer reports. There is an
12: online petition urging Senators Mitt Romney of Utah and Joe Manchin of West Virginia to form a... A bipartisan presidential ticket. The draft Romney-Mansion committee initiated the petition emphasizing the need for leaders who can bridge political extremes. The objective is to encourage the No Labels Convention in Dallas to nominate Romney for president and Manchin for vice president.
9: In other news, it turns out law enforcement in New York State believes a married couple was in that car that crashed and burst into flames at the U.S.-Canada border, which triggered a terrorism alert the day before Thanksgiving this week. USA's Dave Collins on the story.
7: The crash happened Wednesday morning at Rainbow Bridge near Niagara Falls. Law enforcement sources say the married couple was in a Bentley that was driving at a high rate of speed when it hit a curb and a guardrail, which sent it flying through the air and exploding upon impact, killing both of them.
9: And Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg writing on X that he has been briefed by Department of Transportation staff in New York and Washington, D.C. on that explosion and that he's in contact with his Canadian and counterpart. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News.
1: That's 800-760-1845.
2: Well, we have nine more holes to go, so how about you two fellas follow me to the tenth too. On to the back nine, our number two of Real Golf Radio, with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper. Two players down the middle on the tempo.
3: Here's Brian and Bob. Well, thank you very much, and welcome into the back nine hour number two of this best of Thanksgiving weekend edition of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor, alongside Bob Casper. Hope you and yours are well and well fed. As I said to begin the show, and uh, if you haven't tried it, smoke a sweetheart turkey roast next time.
4: It's is that something that's nationwide? Yeah, Sweet it's
3: best. Yeah, it's a Norbest product. I would assume it's out oh, there okay. available.
4: Yeah. Okay.
3: But it is pre-brined and frozen, and these these two giant turkey breasts that are sort of uh, seated together, mm-hmm. and you thaw those out, take them, season them. I, I usually rinse them, pat them dry, and then season them up, put them in a foil pan, and you put yeah. them, you smoke them on. You know, for a couple of hours at 275. Then you cover it for a couple hours at. So you don't um,
4: cook it in the bag.
3: No, not in the bag. You you can. Okay. That's an option. Some people will yes, actually bake it. There. You can. But yeah. I, yeah, I dump it out. You know, rinse it off, pat it dry, right. put my seasoning on. Then yep. set them both back in a, a foil pan uncovered on the smoker for two hours, covered for two mm-hmm. more hours, or until you get to 160. Pull that thing out. I mean, it is. You'll have to so rest. T- well, you can, but it's yeah. pretty fairly ready to rock at that point. And, the, and the, yeah. there's so much. Fl- it's so juicy. Like the pan will be full of juice, and you pour that in. And then, yeah, now you make your gravy. It's turkey goodness. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. <laughs> I had a bunch of the kids in the family that said, Uh I don't like turkey, it's too dry, it's gross, I don't like it. They took them, they were like, this is unbelievable. This is unreal. (laughs) I felt bad for my sister-in-law who made the other whole turkey. Nobody wanted Uh that.
4: Nobody wanted that. It was
3: fine, but this is just like next-level stuff. So, anyway. I
4: did a whole turkey on the Traeger. You did the whole, cock it? I spatchcocked it and laid it flat because then it, it cooks a lot quicker. There you go. Yep. And brined it the night before, you know, for 24 hours before. And then put all my seasonings and stuff on it and cooked it. And it was done in about, uh, oh, maybe three hours for go. a 22-pound turkey. Not bad. At, uh, what did they do at about 300? So
3: You want to talk good. turkey? Let's talk turkey. Tiger Woods is playing cool. in the next two or three weeks. So we're excited to be able to see he playing at the his own Hero World Challenge. And then he and Charlie yep. teeing it up at the PNC, which will be kind of fun to see. So we got Tiger two of the next, like, four weeks, which will be great. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and that's exciting to get him back in. And then we've got the PIF where Rory, Rory, P-I-P where Rory McElroy was number one and Tiger was number two. Slip of the tongue there. PIF, PIP. Hey, hmm, yeah. I don't know. That's
3: pretty close. Hey, stay tuned. Rex, uh, Thomas Pagel, Ryan Ballenge, all coming up next here on a best of weekend edition. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Stay tuned. It's all straight ahead.
5: Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need Go to RipGripPro.com. That's RipGripPro.com.
6: This year, Staples will not be celebrating the holidays. Instead, we're celebrating the holiday deals with amazing savings for the holiday season. Save 60% on custom holiday cards, save 60% on custom invitations, and save 60% on custom photo gifts like mugs and calendars. During Staples' holiday deals it's not about the ho-ho-ho, it's about saving do-do-do. Save 60% on custom cards, invitations, and photo gifts today at Staples. Hence, 12 to visit staples.com print for more details.
8: Ancestry makes the perfect gift to give people because it literally blew my mind.
9: It's literally like you're giving them something that they would have no knowledge of.
8: Which is very important because for us to basically be able to find our missing family or to see my indigenous heritage confirmed inside there. It's It's one gift, but it's so so many many different different things.
10: things. Show someone where they came from this holiday season with Ancestry DNA. Now on sale at Ancestry.com.
11: This Thanksgiving at Total Wine & More, find bourbons and cabernets that you adore. Our helpful guides are so friendly and nice. So many bottles to try at the lowest price. So gather with friends as you sit down to eat. Grateful for all who made Thanksgiving complete.
10: With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total
11: Wine & More.
1: Drink responsibly, B-21.
11: For a deal you can
1: count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys. U.S.
12: price and participation may vary. Includes choice of JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher.
2: And now, the best. Rewind of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on the Real Golf Radio Network.
3: Joining us from Golf Channel and GolfChannel.com, senior writer Rex Hoggard. Rex, how's it going, man?
19: It's good. It's so, uh, I'm at the Live Golf Team Championship at Doral, and it's the second year I've done this, and it's so surreal to be back in. I don't know if you guys ever covered the PGA Tour event when it was here, but it's, it, the media center's in the same big ballroom, in the clubhouse, and it like it seems like nothing changed. It's like time stood still here at Doral.
4: I, I love played the PGA tour there event a couple of times at Doral.
19: Uh, and then you would look, it would look very familiar. Now, the course is a little <laughs> bit longer, and they, you know, they've made some changes to it. And, and elder, sure. Donald Trump, former president, has certainly put his stamp on here, but it's amazing how it still feels like you
3: Bob's Doral yeah. stories, Rex, include. Uh players like um Keith Clearwater and Raymond Floyd and Fred Couples and, and that kind of thing. So that that's, yeah, Bob's, and that's Tom Bob's
4: Watson playing and era. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I would be okay in that category. Right. I, I
19: like that category. <laughs> I, I admire that category. Those are the guys I want to talk to.
4: <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. I was uh one year I was there and I was out playing a practice round and I played the back nine first and I came to the front nine and Fred and Tom Watson were standing on the first tee and they say, come play with us. And I went, Oh boy. <laughs> so I got to play nine with them, which was fun.
19: So I can imagine Fred's probably one of the most enjoyable people to play golf with. Cause my guess is golf is the last thing he wants to talk about.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we had a great time. Um, most, you know, most everybody out there, when you get them on the golf course, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty fun, but I also had a, Caddied for my buddy Keith Clearwater there, and we had a second place finish one year at Doral. So and Raymond Floyd won. So right. good times. Uh, always, good times. I, good I, place. I love this
19: event. I, I don't know. It might have been Norman who coined he, he felt like he coined the phrase that the tour season essentially started at Doral back in the day. Yep. I mean, history is really, really cool. Now, clearly, we're at a different point, as I pointed out. I'm going to live golf with at and It's a little bit different, but you still get that same nostalgia.
3: You know, I never liked that, being a West Coast guy, uh, because the West Coast swing's kind of my favorite. I think it's, I think there's more uh, romance in the West Coast swing than any other swing, just with the names of celebrities that were attaching, their names to the in the history of those events and so forth. So, I always took exception when, especially the guys from down under would, and, and uh, overseas would always claim Doral was the beginning, because they didn't want to come all the way to the west coast which i feel yeah, like i understand their their world travel schedule but anyway so that was always a point when we first started doing this show 25 years ago i used to i used to hate that when they would talk about that but i get your point
19: no and i think it's cool the way i mean if you are we're, we're doing a history lesson here but i think if you go back and look how that swung like pardon the pun but it swung back to the west coast in i'd say the last two decades where yeah. you're absolutely right you look at pebble beach now it's gonna be a signature event going into next year but certainly L.A. got a breath of fresh air when Tiger stepped in there. I I would argue that the American Express has sort of reinvigorated itself. I I think everybody loves starting the season in Hawaii. So it's certainly fun. And then, of course, Arizona is Arizona. I mean, Phoenix is something different, you know, into itself. So if you look at the West Coast, I think those days are long gone. I think everybody once you get over there and play those events, but it, it was interesting being the Florida kid. I, I'm actually on great side. I, I like it. That
4: <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to go too far. So, um, what, what are you hearing out there, especially since you live this week? Um, what do you hear going forward and, and the possibilities let's start with, um, the framework agreement and, and what's happening there.
19: Uh, let's do some sort of fine for tone, the way you said live uh, event. Uh, (laughs) I I think it is interesting because we don't know what's going to happen from the live golf event. You know, it it, it has been fun talking with players this week. And and this is the third live event I've done. I did uh, this event last year, and then I was at the live event this season in Orlando. And how it's so enjoyable, and I know my bosses probably wouldn't enjoy me saying this, coming back and catching up with these players. Like, I really don't have an opportunity to talk to Graham McDowell. Very often anymore. And he was always one of my favorite players to talk to. I would say the same thing about Paul Casey. Pat Perez is, is different. And I mean, the conversations are always lively and combative sometimes, but like I enjoy coming back out and reconnecting with these players. And this week I've kind of dug into what you just asked about because we won't see these players again until December 31st comes and goes. And that's the deadline. I think that's a soft deadline for whatever becomes of the framework agreement to a definitive agreement. But I kind of did just a informal poll, real unscientific poll, of in from a live players' perspective. What's the best case scenario for whatever the definitive agreement may or may not be? I can tell you, I got a lot of really interesting answers. Some players had spent a lot of time thinking about it. Some of them hadn't spent any time thinking about it, and it's probably wasted energy. I could certainly see where they're coming from. I, I will say that the biggest takeaway from the live players: there is an element that the best situation for the live players is that for there not to be an agreement, which creates a whole different conversation. Ooh.
3: Okay. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> okay.
19: Yeah. second sentence there. I felt like I talked too long already. Um, well, but I, you kind of left great. me hanging on that one. I'm like, yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> well, and, and, and look, I think most of them I talk to have no interest in going and playing a whole PGA tour schedule again. And I don't even know if that's in the cards. I'm not quite sure how, I mean, that's, all part of the million-dollar, billion-dollar questions about how, do, how would you reintegrate these players back onto the PGA Tour. I don't think any player out here, I mean, let's face it, they have had a good life on this side for a year and a half now. I mean, they, they've earned a lot of money. They're only playing 15 events. There's no cuts. I mean, we can all sort of, regardless of which side politically you fall on this particular conversation, you can all look at it and go, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good lifestyle. Like, I can see why someone would like that. So the idea that somehow, let's say they, there is a path back for uh, Phil Mickelson, do you think he's going to play the 15-event minimum on the PGA Tour as well as his 14 events on live? Phil, wow. at 50-something years old, is not playing 29 events, and I can tell you that every other player that I asked, from Harold Varner to Bubba Watson to Charles Howell III, they're not going to play 29 events. They don't want to, and I certainly understand that. They're, now, they're open. All of them have events they, they want to play, like talking with Brooks Kepka He made it clear, like, man, he'd love to play Phoenix again. Right? That was always one of his most enjoyable events. And so he would love to go back and give that a shot. Charles Howell love started the season in Hawaii. That being said, they kind of like the lifestyle they have now. And it's hard, even the ones who have thought about what the agreement may look like. It's hard for all of us. It's hard for them to sort of wrap your minds around what would NUCO, or whatever it is we want to call it, look like. And I don't think anybody has a good answer yet.
3: Mm. Rex Harder joining us from uh, Live and Doral. So, I hear Greg Norman talk about FOMO and that there's players on the PGA Tour that feel like they're missing out and that they are contacting him and they're they want to be a part of what they're doing because there's lots of money and and all the things that you just mentioned. But I have a hard time feeling like the comments that are coming out of the live players They're constantly campaigning to be able to play in their favorite PGA Tour events, to be able to get world ranking points, to be able to get in major championships. And it feels like the FOMO really comes from that side of the fence, less so than than this side of the fence if you're talking PGA Tour. So have have you had any conversations around that? Do any of these guys find themselves going, man, this is nice. I don't have, for the reasons you just mentioned, the no cuts, the big money, the limited schedule, for as nice as that is, do any of them sit back and go, yeah, but I'm kind of out of the spotlight a little bit uh, from what I w- have been accustomed to for so many years.
19: Oh, I think there's FOMO for certain players who probably didn't particularly like the spotlight when they were on the PGA Tour, but now they've gone 18 months. Mm. And it's been wildly more subdued. There's, a, there's still a spotlight out here, but it's not close to what it was before. And I think that's part of the reason when you come out here, guys want to talk. They want to be engaged unlike they ever have before. To your point, that's, that's an excellent point. I think you're, you're right 100%. They want their cake and eat it too. And as it stands right now, I was in that meeting yesterday, uh, earlier this week with Greg Norman, and he said FOMO a lot to the point that I had to show my age and, and grab my phone and look it up real quick to, to make sure I understood <laughs> exactly what it meant. Yeah, I mean, for them to say, well, ranking points is is where they want the conversation to start. For them to say that the majors need to carve out some sort of exemption category for the top players here, and maybe they do. And I mean, we can sit and have a long conversation about that. But yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with you at all. They want what's best for them. And I would argue yeah. that the PGA tour players probably want the exact same thing when I get around to asking them the same questions in a few weeks when I get out to the next tour event. And I think that's kind of human nature, but from my perspective for this particular story, it is interesting that they would much rather not have sort of maybe in their minds, the best way to say it is that conflict. Mm. between if the PGA Tour and and Live Golf and the DP World Tour do come up with some sort of way to become one entity, how does it fit together, and what does that mean for these particular players?
3: And if that Mm -hmm. happens, sorry, Bob, if that happens, does it accomplish the things that Phil and Sergio and a lot of the guys kind of... Because let's not forget, when they went out the door, they sort of slung mud. Not sort of. They slung some mud back the other way, and they were, you know, Sergio's like, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with this tour and all this kind of stuff. Like, there was... There was a few guys that just said, hey, this is too good of an opportunity from a business standpoint. I'm going to take it. But there was a lot of guys that had some animosity on their way out. And so that, I think that's maybe what, what when I talk to golf fans, they have a hard time reconciling is now they're over there. They got everything they wanted and now they want back to the where they were slinging the mud. So do you, do you find that they'll be able to have some coexisting if that takes place? Or will the players that slung the mud just stay on the other side and opt not to play in those tour, tour events?
19: I guess that's the way it would have to be. And I guess the the breaking point in a lot of these conversations was, and we don't know what's going to happen, but part of the framework agreement was trying to find some sort of pathway back for Mm -hmm. the players who joined the PGA tour. And I remember doing a story even before the framework agreement was announced. It was earlier this season, just the idea like what would the path back look like? And I remember one player, Billy Horschel who was the first one to say, well, it would be different for every player. And I was taken by the idea. I'm like, Billy, like, you can't pick and choose. Like, you can't say, okay, well, this guy can come back, but that guy can't. And Billy's argument was, most, we most certainly can. Like, they've decided to walk away. And in this particular case, I think there's something to what he said. Because mm-hmm. to your point, there was a lot of players who walked away from the PGA Tour and didn't say anything. They turned down their membership. They didn't join the lawsuit. And they remained close. I would say Dustin Johnson is in that category. Certainly, you look at the way Burst Kepka just immediately dropped back in to that U.S. team at the Ryder Cup, there was no animosity. I think I have made the argument before that if you were a player that was liked by other players before you left go to Live, and as long as you didn't do the things that we just said, you're still yeah. liked by players on the PGA Tour. I think they understood your motivation, and they just moved on. If you were a player, to your point, like Phil, who joined the lawsuit, who was very outspoken against the Tour, against Jay Monaghan, against the model, then no, I don't think it, there's going to be a path back. And if it is, it's going to be a difficult path back. Sure, sure.
3: So you said so, you weren't good at speculation. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Well said. I'll be 100% yeah.
19: wrong again. I'm used to it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so this is, a, this is actually the first year that we've had relegation. Uh, the four players have been announced already, one of them, uh, Brooks Kepka's brother. Um, will those be filled? How will those positions be filled, and how will those guys possibly be able to work back in if they can?
19: This one's tough for me because I have to be honest with you. Everything that Liv has done or is doing, like I've kind of watched from the outside, probably like a lot of us just out of curiosity, like well, what's team golf going to be like? What's the shotgun start like? Like, There's a lot of things that I was kind of curious, but it didn't really spark my interest. What happens on Sunday when this event's over and they go into what essentially is going to be a busy offseason? Because what you're going to have to do is not just those four players. I think there's going to be four or five other players who their contracts are up with various teams. And so from my understanding, there'll be about nine spots that need to be filled. Now four of those spots will come from, they have a promotions event in December. It's going to be in Abu Dhabi. So there'll be three spots. Players can play their way onto the live golf that way. Um, it looks like Andy Ogletree is going to take the fourth spot as the money leader on the Asian tour international series. But then there's going to be five other spots. And I think you're going to see some wheeling and dealing. And that part to me is very interesting cause, because I'm like a normal sports fan on that front. I love the transaction. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I've watched intently to see where Damian Lillard was going to land in the NBA. I was fascinated by the idea that is it going to be Miami? Is it going to be somewhere else? And suddenly he ends up in Milwaukee. Like that was interesting to me. And I think that is a part that Liv Goff is tapping into that uh, I think is underappreciated because what we'll see over the next really two months, So the way it's been described to me is starting on Monday, it'll be like, I think they call it free agency. And any player on any team at that point can start negotiating with their team again to come up with a new contract. And there are rules and regulations that apply to this. After that period, that player, I think Taylor Gooch, is probably the perfect example. Taylor had a great year. He won the individual title. I'm sure there's other teams that would be very interested in giving him a more lucrative offer to have them come play for him.
2: It's the best of Real Golf Radio.
1: That's 800-817-2968
14: If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend.
1: That's 800-278-1738.
2: You're listening to the best of Real Golf Radio. With Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on the Real Golf Radio Network.
3: Really excited to welcome in our next guest. He's the USGA's Chief Governance Officer and a good friend. Spent some time here in Utah. I, I didn't notice until I was looking through his bio recently that he actually has a master's from the University of Utah, so uh, we're both Ute alum as well, so it's pretty cool. Thomas Pagel joining us right now. What's up, Thomas? How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. And yes, go Utes. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a fun couple of years to be a Ute fan out here, but uh, it looks like that may have come to an end due to some injuries and some better play by Washington and other teams. But nevertheless, it's been a fun it's been fun. It was great to see. I, I, I suppose you tuned in, saw Game Day was in town for the the Oregon game. The Oregon game didn't turn out so well, but Game Day was fun. It's great to see uh you know the University of Utah in the spotlight, huh?
15: Yeah, it's always good to see the you spotlighted
18: and, and frankly the city of Salt Lake in the spotlight, uh just it's awesome. And yeah, like you said, sort of been ups and downs, but uh coach there is, is pretty dang good and I think more good years to come for sure.
3: You know, uh, John Bodenhammer was in town. Uh, we're going to have uh, a USGA championship coming to the country club, the women's amateur in 2030, if I'm not mistaken, which is uh, super exciting. So, um, you know the USGA has been here once before, is all. So we're excited to have more championships here. Uh, maybe just uh, you, your thoughts as you've you've been here in Utah. You've left. You've you're spending time there at headquarters on on, on the East Coast. Your your thoughts is when you think about golf in in the state of Utah. Uh,
18: when I when I think about golf in Utah, I always tell people it is the most passionate base of golfers that that I've ever met. And I would take the best golfers in Utah and put them up against the best golfers from any other state and give Utah a a chance to win uh, every time. I mean, it's just the, the, the golf community there is just so it's embedded. It's just part of the culture. And it was, it was a blast to be part of when I was there and uh, obviously a lot of fond memories and just excited to see that we can again showcase it and bring another USGA championship back to Utah uh, to the country club. It's just that that's going to be so awesome. Um, you will be seeing me in 2030 for sure. There's no way I'm going to miss that one. (laughs) That's awesome.
3: Well, thank you for the kind words. We appreciate that. So, Hey, first of all, uh, this title, uh, the, uh, chief governance officer, what exactly does that mean? That's pretty fancy stuff there, Thomas.
18: It, it means I have the job where I oversee all the stuff that people love us for, right? So it's uh, <laughs> rules, rules of golf, world handicap system, amateur status, and uh, equipment standards. So how we govern the game, how we work with our partner at the RNA, um, all those areas sort of roll up under me now.
4: Very cool. That's, that's awesome. Awesome. So uh, one of the big things that just came out this last week was uh, some changes as far as the World Handicap System is concerned for 2024. Um, let's start with the course ratings and shorter courses and and what that entails and and why were these changes made. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're excited
18: about sort of rolling out the, the version 2.0 of WHS, if you will. If you just think back, four years ago in 2020 we launched the world handicap system with our partners at the RNA prior to that. There were actually six different handicap authorities and pockets throughout the world. And so here in the U S we had a handicap system for over a hundred years. But you went to Australia and they calculated different Argentina and South America calculated different. It was calculated different in the UK. So you couldn't really travel and compare your handicap and have that fair and equitable game against players from other countries right? And as the world starts to become increasingly more and more borderless as we travel, uh, we thought it was important to bring the world together. And it's its hard to believe it. it's only been four years. Uh, but when we launched that, we quickly went to work at what could future improvements be. And, and the first has to do with these short courses, par three courses. Uh, we're now going to have the ability to provide course and slope ratings for those golf courses so that golfers can include those scores in, the, in their handicap system. and. As I describe it, a lot of people think about the popularity of these resort par three courses like the cradle at Pinehurst, for example, but this is actually much, much bigger than that. Here in the U S alone, we have, we're estimated to have around 700 par three courses that would fall within this new uh, yardage requirement that we're going to go out and with our allied golf association. So with the Utah golf association and our other partners across the country, we're going to go out and rate those. And so when you plan now, you'll be able to post that score and it's going to, it's going to, uh, uh, impact your handicap and, and be included in your handicap just as all your other scores would be. So really exciting we think about more and more golfers playing nine holes. I think the stat is 47% of female golfers when they're new to the game um, are playing nine holes, are playing these shorter courses. So we're, we're just excited about, you know, again, making the game more welcoming and being able to include these courses.
3: So you got 10 to 17 hole scores, nine hole scores, the shorter course, right? Is the idea, I mean, it is the idea to try to... Uh, more quickly or easily establish a handicap for those that are just entering the game to speed their process up in being able to compete with, with others or get into tournament golf or what's kind of the, the driving force behind this?
18: Yeah, it it really is keeping with the theme of WHS when we launched it. That's how do we make the game more welcoming? How do we make the system more welcoming? And frankly, how do we make the system uh, more responsive, more accurate? And again, you think back to pre 2020, when we had the USG handicap system, you would post your score and you would wait two weeks before it was revised. Right? So just sit out there and you would anxiously await that email saying your new handicap index is, is blank. You know, with the responsive nature of WHS where we can do that on a daily basis, we think that's very cool. And so the ability for these shorter courses, the ability now for nine whole scores to to count against your handicap index immediately, we just like the responsive nature of that. But also, I think, guys, it's a reflection of how people are playing the game. As I said, a lot of new golfers to the game are playing nine holes. They're playing these shorter courses. We want them to be included. We want to welcome them into the game and, and frankly, meet golfers
4: uh, where they're playing and enjoying. So it it, it is about being welcoming and being responsive. So you've talked about the shorter courses, the nine-hole scores. Um, Tell us a little bit about the idea of the the 10 to 17 hole scores. And if you don't quite finish around how that can count as far as the handicap system is concerned.
18: Yeah. this is really a, a great example of the world handicap system being data driven. Uh, uh, currently, if, if you don't play, so you go out and let's say you play 16 holes and it just gets dark. You can't finish 17 and 18. We tell you to, to post uh, par plus net or net par, right? So take par plus whatever handicap strokes you were given. It works. It's reflective but it's not necessarily as accurate as it could be. And so now, if you play uh, 10 to 17 holes, you go and you post those scores hole by hole, and the system will look at your ability as a golfer through your handicap index, look at each hole, and actually assign you a score for those holes, again, with a thought being that it's going to be more accurate and more reflective of your potential as a golfer.
3: I love that, because let's say 17 and 18 happen to be the two hardest holes on the golf course, and so you you might be you know, a couple strokes below your handicap – uh, to that point in time, but you know, you always drop two or three shots on the last two holes, and you and you know, if if it was just a net par, that might be reflective differently than what it actually is. Right? I, I mean, I think about some of those scenarios and how they fill those in. But here's a practical application at the club. A lot of times, we're playing a match play scenario. That match could end on 15, could end on 16, or what have you. They still want to record those scores because it's com- a competitive match, right? So that's where they would go and fill that that in as opposed to a net par. It's an expected score at this point.
18: That's exactly right. And as, as you look at uh, uh, stroke allocations, you know, we actually encourage the um, courses not to wait till the 18th hole to use those strokes, right? We want those strokes to be used by the golfer that's getting the strokes. And so oftentimes if 17 and 18 are some of the more difficult holes on the golf course, they're not necessarily stroke holes for certain players. And so this will actually account for that based on your
3: ability. I love that Thomas Pagel, USGA's uh, chief of governance, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So, um, when as far as handicaps, just a general commentary on handicaps, and and one of the things that you also talked about in here is more guidance for the handicap committee in the review. Where, where would you say what 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 was the what's the, a good mission statement or? summary of how a handicap should be managed not only by an individual, but by the club in order to maintain equality uh, throughout, because it's a, it's a challenge, right? I mean, sandbagging and the whole, the whole nine yards, not reporting or, or, or reporting incorrect scores, things of that nature. It's a, it's one of the challenges that we all face.
18: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, look, the, the system is only as good as the integrity of the system and the integrity of the system is only as good as the integrity of the golfers, right? So that's a general theme, from a governance perspective, as we play the game, like as golfers, we we presume integrity. We presume people are going to play by the rules and and post scores, but we know that there are those challenges, right? We're all realists. Uh, I sat in that chair, you know, first with the Colorado golf association overseeing handicaps. And then it was a big part of my role with the Utah golf association. And you're always going to have those, those golfers that have question marks attached to them. Are they posting scores? Are they legitimate scores? And handicap committees, frankly, have a big task. When you might be overseeing 200 golfers or more than 200 golfers at your club, and so what we're looking to do are, are create tools for committees that, that are more objective, right? So try and remove as much subjectivity as possible. And so if your uh, if your uh, handicap is going up faster than it should be, rather than a handicap committee having to come in and say, Brian, you know what? We've made this decision. We're going to provide tools to committees through the GIN system, through the back end, that actually provide reports. And it becomes far more objective, far more data driven. So as they have that conversation, it's not personality to personality. It's more, here's what the facts show. Here's what the data shows. And here the, here are the adjustments that have to be made. So we're excited about that. Um, frankly, committees have been asking for these tools for some period of time and it wasn't until we introduced WHS that we were able to begin to provide that because we now have more data than ever to be able to to reach those conclusions and help support committees with
4: those, uh, with those tasks. So how do you guys, um, especially with the RNA, how do you guys converse together and go about making these changes or adopting these other things into the new system or the world handicap system? So it benefits all. Yeah, it's a great question,
18: right? I mean, so you have the USGA based here in New Jersey and then you have the RNA based in St. Andrews. And in all areas of governance, we have our own individual committees. So here in the U S we have a handicap committee that's uh, comprised of AGA staff members. So, so people that are actually in the handicap business day to day at the state level, uh, as well as volunteers and the army has a similar structure. And then we come together several times a year and we talk about topics that might be impacting golf here in the U S topics that might be impacting golf worldwide. And really it's a reflection. We all play the same game, but golfing cultures, uh, are different across the globe. And so there are things that happen in Australia where they play a lot of stable for golf that maybe we we don't think about on a day-to-day basis. So we have really healthy discussions. We make sure we take time. We make sure that we, we review the data so that changes truly can benefit golfers across the globe. And as it relates to the world handicap system, it's not limited to just the USG and the RNA. We actually bring in people from, those former handicap authorities to sit on the the committees with us. So we have representation from uh, Argentina, from Australia, uh, from England, from South Africa. And so it really truly is the global game coming together to make changes for the better. And, And that's important to us.
3: How would you uh, address some of the players that would say, gosh, I post a low score, my handicap drops immediately. I post like three or four bad scores and nothing changes. (laughs) Because that seems to be the case oftentimes, especially for the lower handicaps.
18: I I, I think it's just reflective of what the system's intending to do, and that is to show your potential as a Mm -hmm. golfer. And so there there are going to be those shoulder rounds on on both sides. And on the higher side, look, maybe you had a day, but the system wants to reflect your potential. So we're going to look at the eight lowest, And if you go out and have a career round, that's immediately going to count towards your handicap index.
2: It's the best of real golf radio.
17: Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway, the kings of distance. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade but it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey tri 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour
3: in a world of too good to be true every once in a while you experience something that lives up to the hype that's been my experience at Black Desert Resort the Tom Weiskopf championship designed golf course is next level with the PGA and LPGA tours scheduled to play Black Desert demand is at an all time high don't miss out on the exclusive opportunity to own real estate at Black Desert sign up for details at BlackDesertResort.com and learn how you can enjoy year round family fun in beautiful St. George, Utah that blackdesertresort.com.
17: This is not about splitting hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one one-thousandth of an inch that every layer of every chrome soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D x-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best, better for everyone.
10: For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported, safe to try something new, and to be prepared for what comes next. We develop their swing, but more importantly, their inner strength. Because we know what's inside doesn't just count; it changes the game.
3: Come join us at FirstTee. Visit FirstT.org.
17: Sometimes, less is more. Like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more. Like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology. Like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw, from Callaway.
2: You're listening to the best of Real Golf Radio,
3: with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper
2: the Real Golf Radio Network.
3: Welcoming in our good friend from GNN Radio, GolfNewsNet.com, Ryan Ballengee is our guest, celebrating a one-year anniversary of GNN Radio, which we've been uh, privileged to be a part of over the last year. Ryan, how's it going, man? Good. How are you guys? We're doing great. So how is it one year in owning a radio station?
20: It's pretty cool. It's still very surreal, uh, and I still think my job is very much baloney. Um, and my wife would probably <laughs> very much agree with that. <laughs> I supposedly run what? a radio station and a website for a living. Yeah. I, I still get a lot of dumb looks from people and uh, parents or friends or that, you know, don't know. They ask me what I do for a living and they're like, oh, okay. And I, I'm convinced half of them think I'm just lying straight to their face about what I do for a living. So, uh, you know, that that's kind of cool. But no, the station's been great. We've had hundreds of thousands of listeners in year one, which has been awesome. And uh, we've got some more planned for year two. So we've got some surprises up our sleeve, hopefully.
3: By the way, you said bologna. Do they still make bologna? I can't even remember the last time I had a bologna sandwich.
20: Oscar Meyer, baby. Do they still do it? So they do. And the reason I know that is because on our family golf trip every year, uh, one of our family members makes an incredible sandwiches for us every day before we go to the golf course, Uh, Tony, Shout out to to Tony Santarella. And uh, he he puts bologna on it, a number of other Italian meats, some prosciutto on it. It's uh, it's an incredible sandwich. I mean, it's bursting out at the seams. But bologna is a key part of it. So, uh, yeah, Yeah. they still make bologna, and it's delicious. Brian,
4: have you ever had a fried bologna sandwich?
3: Fried bologna?
4: Yeah.
3: That's very good. I I haven't even considered that that would be a thing.
4: Oh, my. Yep, it's thick-cut bologna. Oh, maybe yeah. they're get good in. aren't they Ryan get on that get on that i don't know anything other
3: than the <laughs> my bologna has a first name it's osca i mean i it's all i know about bologna the cheap thin sliced you know processed meat from when i was like in kindergarten I, so you said yep. bologna i don't i didn't mean to derail the entire interview here but like i just got like is that really there is that still a thing
4: they still
20: do there is there is nothing like a good golf course sandwich There really is not
3: Okay. All right. So what is, (laughs) again, what's the best golf course sandwich? And this leads me to something that I find really interesting. There are private clubs that charge hundreds of thousands of dollars. A lot of times you have to buy real estate around it. So you're into the millions of dollars. And all I hear about are, Hey, while you're out there, make sure you get that free peanut butter and jelly sandwich that they have in the cooler by hole six or whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, These guys are spending millions and they're talking about a PB and J and it leads me to think again, my the country club I'm with is nothing like this, but is there a better value than a PB and J if people are really going to talk about that at this type of a golf course, why wouldn't every club (laughs) offer a free freaking PB and J sandwich if you can get that kind of member satisfaction and ROI on your bread, peanut butter and jelly. That's all I'm saying.
20: That, that is a great great segue a little bit into Philadelphia golf a little bit. Uh, I had the good fortune two years ago, I think it was, to play Marion ahead of mm. the uh, the Curtis Cup. And their thing is they, and we were getting ready to kind of go around the turn or the turn stand or whatever it was, and they're like, make sure you go up there and you ask for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was like, well, I can get those anywhere. <laughs> they, they go, no, no, no. What they do here is they put bacon on it. So PB and J plus bacon. Oh, all right. Sounds kind of weird, but if, if you're going to put that out there, it better be good. It was delicious. Had it, loved it, thought it was fantastic. So a few months ago, uh, back in the early summer, I went to meet a friend at a different Philadelphia club called 1912, not too far away. And we went to the turn, got a beer, and he goes, you know, you've got to have, at the turn, peanut butter and jelly with bacon on it. I'm like, well, I've had this before. I've just had this at Marion not too long ago. He's like, oh, no, 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 we do it better. <laughs> like, oh, pray tell. You know, we put crispy bacon
4: Ooh. on it.
20: We don't just fry up the bacon. We make it crispy. So you get the bacon and the crunch and the peanut butter and jelly, and they do it with strawberry jelly, not grape jelly because strawberry is in fact, better with bacon. So it's, they, well, I think, superior to grape. they do it better. Yeah, strawberry. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing with grape jelly? Oh, I didn't give even, me strawberry. Yeah, and it, it, it's just better. It pops better. It's great. And also, that club also had uh, on tap transfusions, cold okay. on tap. Wow. So, yeah, it's the simple things. It's easy innovation that people are willing to pay hundreds of thousand dollars to get into so they can tell their friends you're going to have the best
4: $4 sandwich you've ever had. Two words. Egg salad. Speaking speaking about going around the turn, there's always the burger dog at Olympic. Yep. And then then you come around after a few holes and you get another one. (laughs) The burger dog is amazing. Yeah,
20: we have our, uh, so I'm a member up at Sunny Hannah, up in Pennsylvania where they have the Sunny Hannah M every year. And at the, the Tempole hole shack, they have burger dogs. And the first time I ever went through as a, as a member, I joined as a national member, it's one of the best deals in golf. And I saw the burger dog. I was like, well, is that a burger dog or is that a sausage? And the, the lady who, you know, staffs the kitchen by herself, she makes great cookies every day and puts them in little plastic baggies. They're delightful. And she goes, yeah, they're burgers. I was like, well, are they any good? She's like, She laughed at me. She goes, I don't ever eat those things. you want to try one? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was great. <laughs>
3: Well, Bob, yeah, yeah, Bob's pointing out the burger dog from Olympic Club is, uh, you know, and look, I don't even know if they serve anything else at Olympic Club. Do they? I'm sure they have other options, but you don't need I think it, they it. had
4: sandwiches and drinks yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but the burger dog is what everybody gets.
3: Right. So it's like I said just before you went, I didn't mean to cut you off, but egg salad sandwiches. Like the Augusta National egg salad sandwich is really nothing special other than it's at Augusta National and it's a buck yep. 25 or whatever, right? So, yep. yeah. I, I mean, you could get a more gourmet egg salad somewhere, but that that's all I'm saying. Do the little things at a golf course and make them consistent, and people are going to love it.
20: Yep, Craig's Porch at Sand at, uh, San Valley. They do two things incredibly well. $1 tacos and ice cream sandwiches. Gourmet wow. ice cream sandwiches for like $3. bucks. <laughs> one don't have tacos to, they, and
4: ice cream sandwiches a tremendous
20: value. The tacos are good. The ice cream sandwiches are amazing. And they're not gouging you because you're already staying at a resort. You can't go anywhere. You're in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. What are you going to do? And they know that. So they're not trying to get you on the golf course because then you'll buy a beer and you'll have a nice dinner and you'll tell all your friends about the cheap tacos and the ice cream sandwiches, just like we're doing now. It's great marketing. I, Mm. I just pick, like you said, Brian pick one thing do it really well and very simply and people will talk about you forever
2: lost leaders baby it's the best of real
1: golf radio That's 800-788-1495. You're
2: listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper.
17: One day you'll get it.
3: Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our Best of Thanksgiving weekend edition of Real Golf Radio. Erickson Balsita from Black Desert Resort Tournament Operations. Jeff Babineau, Troy Merritt, Rex Hoggard, Thomas Pagel from the USGA, and Ryan Ballinger all joined us for uh, these Best of segments over the last two hours. If you missed any part of it, follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at Real Golf, or download us where your favorite podcasts are found, and we'll post the interviews separately in their entirety and you can listen to them at your convenience so yeah we'll be back next week a lot going on with the the world of golf and this whole live thing continues to be a point of discussion is phil mickelson correct or is he not is john rom considering going over there patrick cantlay has also been rumored to maybe be, be looking that direction so a lot of things still on the table and then we got tigers event we got the pnc and lots of good stuff straight ahead for dave Glauzer. Our producer, for Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. Thanks to Black Desert Resort. Thanks to Callaway uh, for sponsoring the show. Thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next week right here on Real Golf Radio. Thank you for listening to the best of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor.
20: Hi, this is Rick Tittle. Tune in every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time for the video game review. We'll review games. We'll give away a brand new game. We'll talk cheat codes, new releases, and your calls as well. That's right here every Sunday night on the Sports Byline USA broadcast network.
18: Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. A special news and update station you control. That's
16: iHeartRadio.com slash talk.